Welcome to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. Our program is designed to offer solutions to those individuals with exceptional needs, plus families, professionals, and educators. Dr. Sean and his guests will share ideas that you can begin using immediately in order to promote a harmonious relationship and move forward. Now, here is your host, Dr. Sean Surface. Well, good morning, Voice America listeners, and welcome back to Solutions and Strategies, Taking on the Challenge with Dr. Sean. I want to welcome you back this morning. I hope that you've had a good week and have had a chance to celebrate some of your successes while you've been dealing with all those challenges in your lives. Um, Got a couple things going on this morning. have a heavy-duty rainstorm going on outside, so... We might get a little ASMR effect going, and I'm in a very echoey space, so I apologize for uh, for the echoiness. You know, over the last, well, couple months, we have been focusing on mindfulness and the power of now by Eckhart Tolle, and I wanted to continue that conversation and bring it into the world of applied behavior analysis and into the world where it can help our families living with autism and other disabilities, but also with some of their own behavioral issues as parents and and staff members. We're going to start a series this week talking about acceptance and commitment therapy. It's also called acceptance and commitment training. Uh, We spent several weeks beginning to look at mindfulness, and now I want to connect it to applied behavior analysis and what we can do to help people use mindfulness to help change behavior towards a more desirable outcome. I believe that this is a really strong form of counseling that can be used to not so much work directly using the therapy with the severely disabled individual, but how you might approach working with somebody with a disability or living with a somebody with a disability that is difficult and has challenges. So I don't want people to think that ACT, A-C-T, Acceptance Commitment Therapy, is something that we sit a child with autism down in a counseling session and we do therapy with them. It doesn't work that way. It's a mindset. It's a way of approaching things. It's a way of looking at things. And that's what I really want to discuss today. I want to talk about how we can begin to utilize some of the techniques to calm ourselves and to reduce our own anxieties so that we can do the good work with kids and with adults with disabilities. You know, often what we, well, not often, but what we've been talking about is how to stay present, how to stay in the, in the current moment. Again, as a reminder, our depressions and our sadness are in the past. Our anxieties and fears are all in the future. So if you have a difficult individual that you're working with, challenging, maybe doesn't have language skills, uh, aggressive behavior, and you've tried several things in the past and they haven't worked, 
that history is going to be unmotivating. It's going to <clears throat> lead you to believe that you cannot be successful. And it's because of those old histories that we tend to not take on things, we tend not to accomplish what we want because we are fearful of fail- failure again. <coughs> Excuse me. With this kind of mindset, you are trying to accept what presently is in front of you and you're going to commit or choose a direction that's based on your own value system of what is important at the time. And you're going to be able to let go of some of those past histories and focus more on what you want to do right now and not knock yourself before you even start by all of these mindsets that we have. And totally would have called them pain bodies. It's the, the direction we would go in when we want to work on something, progress through something, fix something, but we feel that we can't because of our own histories or our own fears of the future. So we go to a place of withdraw. We go to a place where we give up. We <clears throat> don't take on the challenge. We hide from it. We try to escape from it rather than trying to observe it. <clears throat> and with ACT, we are attempting to do that. Stay present. See what's going on in front of us. Work on a plan. Accept and commit to that plan and choose a new direction to go in. So acceptance and commitment therapy, and it's typically pronounced ACT, not A-C-T, but ACT, is a form of counseling and a branch of clinical behavior analysis. It is empirically based on psychological interventions that use acceptance and mindfulness strategies mixed in in different ways with commitment and behavior change strategies to increase psychological flexibility. The approach was called comprehensive distancing, and Stephen Hayes developed acceptance and commitment therapy in 1982 in order to create a mixed approach, which integrates both cognitive and behavioral therapy. There are a variety of protocols for ACT, depending on the target behavior or the setting. For example, in health behavioral health areas, a brief version of ACT is called Focused Acceptance Commitment Therapy, or FACT. And on other shows, again, this is going to be a, like a four-part series. I will dive more specifically into the areas of ACT and including this FACT, Focused Acceptance Commitment Therapy. The objective of ACT is not elimination of difficult feelings. So often... We are in therapy to get rid of our negative thoughts, to rid ourselves of our put-downs, to rid ourselves of our self-deprecations. But in ACT, you aren't eliminating those difficult feelings. Rather, it is to be present with what life brings us and to move forward or move towards a valued behavior. So if this... 
is something in your life that you're wanting to work on, say you have a fear of heights, well, you're not going to avoid any place where there's heights and you're not necessarily going to go to the tallest building you can find. But you're going to look at what it is that is bringing you the fear and you're going to examine how it makes your body feel and how it makes maybe others feel around you when you react to it. Acceptance and commitment therapy. Sorry, lost my, my little spot here. Acceptance and commitment therapy invites people to open up to unpleasant feelings. And learn not to overact to them and not to avoid situations where they're, they're going to be invoked. It's, a, it's therapeutic effect is a positive spiral where feeling better leads to a better understanding of the truth. In ACT, truth is measured through the concept of workability or what works to take another step towards what matters. In other words, values, meaning. So, again, in acceptance commitment therapy, you are not trying to avoid and avoid unpleasant things and, uh, and avoid these thoughts that come up by saying to yourself, oh, no, this is not real. This is, you know, just an irrational feeling. I don't need to feel this way. I won't feel this way. I'm going to stop myself from think- feeling this way. That's a very cognitive behavioral approach and act is a form of cognitive behavioral therapy but it's the next step rather than utilizing avoidance and rationality to in a sense attempt to rid oneself of fears and depression you're examining it and you're observing it directly so that you are fully aware of how something makes you feel, how it may be unpleasant for you, how it may be unpleasant for others. You don't avoid thoughts that simply may make you feel unhappy just because they may make you feel unhappy. The reality is, is that you are in the situation that you're in. If you're currently sad, then you need to observe your sadness and why you have sadness around you and why you have those feelings. What is making you feel sad? How do you even define sadness for yourself? You know, a feeling of not being able to accomplish what you want. Somebody hurt you. Somebody made you feel shame, guilt. I mean, what is the sadness coming from? So with ACT, you're going to look at that stuff. You're going to observe exactly why you're feeling the way you're feeling, and you're not going to try and avoid it and say, oh, this is not real, so I won't accept it in. So we've come up to our our first break time, but when we get back, we'll get a little bit more into the technique of ACT and begin to spell out even some of the research that's around it because some people you know may believe that this is just a fly by night 
<clears throat> type of therapy, and it is not. It's been around for 40 years, and uh, it's developing more and more in various uh, environments, schools, hospitals, homes. Okay, so we will be back in a couple minutes, and go get yourself a cup of coffee. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey. Breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice. Much of it conflicting. Some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be, and our goal is to assist your family in having the supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seansurface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back. I hope you went and got yourself a cup of coffee, a hot cup of tea, sitting down, getting ready to start your day. This morning, we have begun a discussion on ACT, Acceptance Commitment Therapy or Acceptance Commitment Training. And I want to go back to the last thing that I said before the break. And I'm going to reread it because I think it's important. It's really important to understand that you're not attempting to move away from negative thoughts. You, in fact, need to start learning to observe them. So the objective of ACT is not elimination of difficult feelings. Rather, it's to be present with what life brings us and to move towards valued behavior. Valued behavior. We'll get back to that. Acceptance and commitment therapy training invites people to open up to unpleasant feelings and learn not to overreact to them and not to avoid situations where they are invoked. It's a therapeutic effect is to is a positive spiral where feelings better lead 
feel, I'm sorry, where feeling better leads to a better understanding of the truth. In fact, truth is measured through the concept of workability or what works to take another step towards what matters in one's life, values, meaning. You know, this, this idea of being open to your unpleasant feelings and learning not to overreact to them. You know, one of the reasons why we overreact to our problems, fears, stresses, challenges, is that we so badly want help from somebody else. So we externalize as strongly as possible so that we can get their attention whether it's positive or negative, usually in these situations when you're freaking out about something and you freak out in front of somebody, usually in the beginning, the first couple times, they're very supportive of you. But then after a while, they're like, okay, well, Sean's just freaking out again. There goes Dr. Sean losing it again. They're not going to see that you're a problem solver Therefore, they're not going to get into that problem-solving mode. And frankly, it's going to become an annoyance to them when you're really overreacting to try and get nurturance from them. So it's a lot more helpful to you to truly reach out to uh, that, that feeling of wanting to over-dramatize your situation to somebody and maybe just explain how you're feeling. You know, I'm really upset right now because A, B, and C. Rather than crying, screaming, freaking out just to let somebody else feel your pain. Or maybe you're going to get them into a situation where they're unhappy, they're angry, they're despondent in some way. So that you go, okay, well now you know how I feel. And... That usually will not bring you uh, uh, what you want. But I will tell you that the kids that you work with, live with, deal with on a daily basis do that all the time. That's what we do as children. When a baby is hungry, she cries as loud as she can to get food. Okay? And so she's not dying of starvation. But unless you know she is hungry by her crying loudly and consistently... You, know, you wouldn't know to go and feed her. So it's wired into us to have these heavy-duty emotional reactions to get what we need. Okay, so start recognizing the fact that you are overreacting or dramatizing your life in order to gain attention, gain recognition, gain support. You can also make the choice to tell somebody how you're feeling and why you might be feeling that way and and see if they what their interactions are. Maybe they have suggestions, maybe they don't. Maybe they're just going to give you a hug. Maybe they're not going to say anything to you because you need to think about this yourself. So what is important to you? The crying and the freaking out or the problem solving and the conflict resolution? So, you know, if it is, if it's the problem solving and the conflict resolution, then you can get into that by observing your unpleasant feeling and and trying to describe it. Having an experiential uh, 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 definition of your feeling by being able to explain it through how you're currently 
presently you know, feeling. So let's talk a little bit about the technique. ACT is developed within a very pragmatic philosophy called functional contextualism. And again, then on the next show, I'm going to get into much more the definitions of some of the things I'm about to talk about, including contextualism. ACT is based on relational frame theory. It's a comprehensive theory of language and cognition that's an offshoot of behavior analysis. And both ACT and RFT are based on B.F. Skinner's philosophy and radical behaviorism. Now, B.F. Skinner is known as the father of our behavioral world or the father of applied behavior analysis. He wasn't the first person to do it, and he certainly wasn't the last. But in the 20th century, he took the field into a whole new direction, moving away from animal behaviorism alone into human behaviorism. So one of the things about ACT and relational framework theory, or RFT, is you got to have a little teeny bit of an understanding of what RFT is, and I'll explain it more next week. But when you look at something, for instance, say you look at a ball, it's round. You'll, your brain will start using language that it has that that gives different attributes to that ball. Okay, so it's a ball. It's round. That's what it looks like. Now you might get into uh, a more. Oh, let's see. What's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, you might actually start thinking about what is the use of the ball. So it's for play, it's to throw, it's to catch. But then you might also look at similar attributes. It's blue, like a blueberry, and blueberries are also round. And, you know, I do like blueberries, and I like blueberries on my cereal. And so now your thoughts start going into other areas, all based on what your experience is, with that round ball. Now, maybe you've never had a blueberry, so blueberries aren't going to come into your head. You've had coconuts. You've had, you know, a watermelon. You know, I mean, those things are going to come into your head when you see that ball. But you're also going to only be able to describe the ball in a way that somebody else may also be able to understand or quote-unquote relate to your description. You know, if you have some attribute of that ball that is not a known factor, maybe a game that not a lot of people know about, the person may never connect with you in regards to the context of your discussion because they don't have an understanding of blueberries. For instance, you say, oh, yeah, I was as blue as a blueberry. I could, and the person doesn't have a concept of what the blueness of a blueberry is because they've never seen one. So what they will then do is attribute it to anything blue if they know the word blue, anything blue that they can think of. So their head may go to the sky or an ocean or a crayon, which is similar now in the attribute of color 
but now we've lost the attribute of shape. So to bring the attribute of shape back in, you would give multiple examples of roundness, not just connecting the color. So that's kind of, you know, a very, very simple, quick explanation of what RFT is. And next week, I'll get a lot more into it. <clears throat> now, ACT differs from traditional cognitive behavioral therapy in that, or CBT, in that rather than trying to teach people to better control their thoughts, feelings, sensations, memories, and other private events, ACT teaches them to just notice, accept, embrace their private events, especially previously unwanted ones. Private events. The, the term private events in our behavioral world means, you know, your thoughts, things that people can't just readily see things that are going on inside your head. And those are what we term as private thoughts. Now, for almost 100 years of applied behavior analysis, it was believed that private thoughts were not something that a behaviorist, for one, would deal with at any point because we couldn't measure it, we couldn't see it, we couldn't, you know, in, in, in necessarily manipulate it at least that was the belief <clears throat> thus if you couldn't measure it and you couldn't observe it then it didn't exist and what we know and what we realize is that our thoughts our feelings our sensations our memories really are what drive our whole existence and everything that we do, quote unquote, behaviorally, is due to some past experience, some event that's happened around us, maybe in the last 24 hours, maybe in the last five minutes. It is sensations of smells, of, of, of touch, of feelings, feel good feelings, bad feelings. You know, we have... Thoughts that lead us towards success. We have thoughts that lead us towards our own failures. And for so long, behaviors were like, okay, let's not even discuss it. Let's not even go in that direction because we can't manipulate it. Therefore, we can't do any radical behavior change. And Skinner in his book, Radical Behaviorism, started to look at private events and say, you know, they drive our existence in some way. We need to observe and begin to evaluate how those internal private events really do affect our lives. And... So in ACT, we learn to begin to notice them and not push them away. So we're on our second break now. We'll be back in a couple minutes, and we'll continue to discuss ACT and some of the differences in the behavioral therapy.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be, and our goal is to assist your family in having a supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seansurface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back, listeners. We have been discussing... ACT, Acceptance Commitment Therapy, or Acceptance Commitment Training, and we are now just going to begin to discuss some of the differences in traditional behavioral therapy. ACT really differs from traditional cognitive behavioral therapy in that rather than trying to teach people to better control their thoughts and feelings, sensations, memories, and other private events, ACT teaches them to just notice, accept, and embrace their private events, especially previously unwanted ones. Now, I I read that to you before, and I just read it again because I did the explanation of what private events are so that you have a better understanding of what I'm talking about. 
act helps the individual get in contact with the transcendent sense of self known as self as context. Self hyphen as hyphen context. The you who is always there observing and experiencing and yet distinct from one's thoughts, feelings, sensations, and memories. ACT aims to help the individual clarify their personal values and to take action on them, bringing more vitality and meaning to their life in the process, increasing their psychological flexibility. While Western psychology has typically operated under the healthy normality assumption, which states that by their nature, humans are psychologically healthy, ACT assumes rather that psychological processes of normal human mind are often destructive. The core conception of ACT is that psychological suffering is usually caused by experiential avoidance, cognitive I can't speak this morning, cognitive entanglement, and resulting psychological rigidity that leads to a failure to take needed behavioral steps in in accordance with core values. As a simple way to summarize the model, ACT views the core of many problems to be due to the concepts represented in the acronym FEAR. FEAR, fusion with your thoughts, E, evaluation of experience, A, avoidance of your experience, and R, reason, giving for your behavior. And then there's a healthy alternative to, to is to act. Accept your reactions and be present. Choose a valued direction. And T, take action. The core principles of ACT commonly employ six core areas to help clients develop psychological flexibility. Now, I'm going to name and we're going to go through these, but we're going to go through them again and again over the next two to three shows. Cognitive diffusion is learning methods to reduce the tendency to rely on thoughts, images, emotions, and memories. Acceptance. Allowing unwanted private experiences, thoughts, feelings, and urges to come and go without struggling with them. Contact with the present moment. Awareness of the here and now experienced with openness, interest, and receptiveness. Mindfulness. The observing self. Accessing a transcendent sense of self, a continuity of consciousness, which is unchanging. Values. Discovering what is the most important to oneself. Committed action. Setting goals according to the values and carrying them out responsibly in the service of a meaningful life. Correlational evidence has been found that the absence of psychological flexibility predicts many forms of psychopathology. Now, I want to go through those areas again, because ACT does 
commonly employ six principles. And those principles will help you develop to develop psychological flexibility. Now, one of the core areas in challenges with living with autism is having difficulties with psychological flexibility. Having the ability to move away from certain thoughts, to stay on thoughts when you want to, to be able to manipulate your own thinking towards a more productive and positive outcome for yourself. So psychological flexibility is is highly important because you have to be able to move beyond a single thought. You know, when you get caught up in in thinking about something, sometimes you won't let it go because you're afraid if you let go thinking about it, then in some way it's it devalues it, like it's you're invalidating your 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 concern or your feeling or whatever is going on inside. So you don't move away from it. Like, for instance, if you have an anxiety of people, and so you continually remind yourself of every time you get into a big crowd of people, you get nervous, you get upset. So you avoid getting into big crowds of people by continually telling yourself that you don't do well in those situations, rather than beginning to observe why you might act in that way, why you might continue to hang on to those feelings so that you don't have to, you know, walk through the lion's den, so that you don't have to take on a fear and that you give yourself reasoning behind it, saying that you're protecting yourself and that you are doing right by yourself by avoiding and escaping. Most people will go, who have rigidity in their psychological flexibility, will use that rigidity to justify their behavior, to give reason behind their behavior. If they move towards more flexibility, they can't utilize that as reasoning any longer. And if that's the case, then they don't have a reason to stay anxious, continue to avoid, to continue to escape situations. Instead, they might have to move towards their true value. Because most people feel a lot of guilt and shame about being psychologically inflexible or psychologically rigid. You know, they they convince themselves of why they do certain things. I do this to protect myself. I do this to, you know, because this is what's good for me. 
but then they feel shame and shame and guilt around it, and not truly uh, feeling like their use of psychological rigidity is really helping them. So, in cognitive diffusion, we learn methods to reduce some of those negative thoughts and images and emotions and, and push some of those, those we, 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 we look at the memories, but we don't live them or relive them. Acceptance. We allow those unwanted private experiences, those thoughts and stuff to come and go, but we observe them. We don't try to push them away. We stay in the present moment we stay aware of the here and now so we can experience the openness and the interest and the receptiveness of the present moment. We observe ourselves and how we're reacting to it inside and maybe outside. We, with values, we begin to discover what's important to ourselves. Is it important to escape and avoid? Or is it important to you to accomplish some goal that you've set for yourself, but that you've been avoiding due to anxiety or due to uh, uh, past histories of not being able to accomplish something? Committing to an action, setting a goal according to the values that you have in your life will help create a meaningful life for you. Setting goals according to how you're able to carry them out responsibly and how you're actually capable of doing something and not setting up something for yourself that's not possible is a core commitment in, in act your committed action you're setting goals according to your values and carrying them out responsibly in the service of a meaningful life so we've come on our third break uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes gonna close out the show by talking about some research and what we're going to be talking about next over the next couple weeks so we'll be back in a couple minutes Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be. And our goal is to assist your family in having the supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seansurface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, well, welcome back. And we've been talking about uh, a form of counseling and applied behavior analysis called acceptance and commitment therapy. It's also known as acceptance and commitment training. And it is the, a, a way of using mindfulness in combination with applied behavior analysis to make a more meaningful life for oneself. Now, there's been a lot of research that's been done on ACT, and it started quite a long time ago. I'm going to look at some things that started in the early 2000s, but I first want to just quickly explain what something is. I'm going to talk about something that's called a meta-analysis, and a meta-analysis is a way of taking a bunch of different research projects, looking at where each one of them started before they went into treatment or whatever intervention they put into place. Then they look at the numbers after the intervention was put into place. And you combine these different studies to see which types of interventions tend to yield the highest effects or the highest what we call effect size. So, when we're, at met, when we're looking at meta-analyses, we want to see two things. How much uh, did the actual intervention affect the, the situation? And secondly, was there a lot of difference between uh, the way one person approached the intervention and the way another person approached the intervention? For instance, and this is not the best example, and it might be a bit shocking, but I'll tell you. So a meta-analysis was done on school counseling. The amount of times that kids went into counseling was looked at, the, the, the types of counseling interventions, uh, individual group, you know, social skills groups, <clears throat> different types of school counseling. And... What they found when they combined, oh, a couple hundred different studies on school counseling was that the effect sizes were poor. In fact, 
school counseling showed at times a negative effect size, meaning that it caused more harm than it did good. Why is that? Because commonly in school counseling situations, only the kid is being addressed and not all the other variables that come into play. So he becomes the identified client, the identified patient, and in the meanwhile, not much is going on on the you know, side of the parents or teachers or whoever else works with the, the kid and lives with the kid. So school counseling may not always be the best solution for mental health issues in schools because of the lack of connection to outside variables. So that's just an example of a meta-analysis and how we might be able to look at a bunch of research and determine whether or not it would be helpful in a particular situation or not. So in 2005, a meta-analysis showed that six act, that the six act principles, the ones that I talked to you about a couple minutes ago, which are cognitive diffusion, acceptance, contact with the present moment, observing the self, values, and committed action, that on average, those values account for up to 30% of the variance in psychopathology. So in general mental health or in depression and anxiety at baseline, depending on the measure using correlational methods. So one of the things that the meta-analysis looked at was like, yeah, these, these six principles really do uh, come into effect and make change for a big part of the group. In 2012, a meta-analysis on 68 laboratory-based studies on ACT components has also provided support for a link between psychological flexibility and concepts uh, and specific components. In 2008, a meta-analysis concluded that the evidence was still too limited for ACT to be considered a supported treatment and raised methodological concerns about the research base. In 2009, a meta-analysis found that ACT was more effective than the placebo and treatment as usual for most problems, with the exceptions of anxiety and depression, but not more effective than CBT or other traditional therapies. In 2012, and we have to remember, it's, it's new to the field. It's been around since 1982, but people have only really started utilizing ACT in the last 10 years. A 2012 meta-analysis was more positive and reported that ACT outperformed CBT except for treating uh, depression and anxiety. So CBT is still the leading uh, uh, treatment, but it's because it's the most known. So the, def the, the, the data here is a little bit questionable in that you looked at a a lot of people that were barely trained. So you didn't have the same amount of, of training that you see with CBT, which is thousands of people trained. So uh, in 2015, a review found that ACT was better than the placebo in the typical treatment of anxiety disorders, depression, and addiction. Its effectiveness was similar to traditional treatments like cognitive behavioral therapy. The authors suggested that CBT comparison of previous 2012 meta-analysis 
may have been compromised by the inclusion of non-randomized trials with a small sample size. They also noted that research methodologies had improved since the studies described in 2008. The number of randomized clinical trials and controlled time series evaluating ACT for various for a variety of problems is growing. In 2006, only 30 such studies were known, but in 2011, the number doubled. So, you know, we're beginning to see more and more research. The Association for Contextual Behavioral Science states that there were 171 randomized controlled trials of ACT published as of December 2016 and over 20 meta-analysis and 45 um, mediational studies of ACT literature came out in the spring of 2016. So more and more people have begun to look at ACT and, and how it can uh, assist people. Okay, so we're coming to the end of the show. Got a couple minutes left. What I want you to do over the next week as a listener or after you listen to the recording, at some point, I want you to begin to review information on relational framework theory and contextualism as it has to do with applied behavior analysis. Next week, I'm going to get start by talking about some of the similarities of ACT. Um, but then I, uh, to other behavioral therapies that are out there, but then what I'd like to do is be able to start diving into the specifics of contextualism and RFT, relational framework theory, because that is what's going to help you better understand how to uh, work through ACT. So we're at the end of the show. Remember that on Strategies and Solutions, taking on the challenge of Dr. Sean, we're about your success. And know that each day can be a new future you dream of having in your life. We'll see you next time on the show. Blessings to you all. Thanks so much for listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean. Living the Challenge. Be sure to join us again next Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.